Welcome to the Student Ministry Podcast by Lifeway. I'm Ben Trueblood. This is one of those very special episodes where we've got all four of us, all four of us in the booth together. And by in the booth, I mean in As it our, were. Separate four, <laughs> our separate four <laughs> booths scattered booth. around the yeah. country. <laughs> and, and by uh, booth, so, I meant small Pizza Hut booth. <laughs> you guys remember booth, the eating- red vinyl? Yeah, in a Pizza Hut, that's a different experience. When we had Dude, the, the buffet. Best, the buffet, the best stained glass chandeliers that oh, you've ever seen. The decor of a nine, late 80s, 90s Pizza Hut, iconic, iconic. Yeah. What do you think yeah. a Tiffany's Pizza Hut <laughs> chandelier would go for? <laughs> in this market, pretty strong. The 1990s is strong. In, in this, this market. market, this is the time to strike. Iron hot. Yeah, iron is hot. There are a couple of those out there floating around somewhere, I bet. Well, you've heard the voices. We've got Zach, Chad, producer Nathan. We're all here with you today for another exciting episode. Leave a rating and review. We would love for you to do that. It helps other people find the podcast. Also lets us know what you think about it so we can continually get better. We do this for you, student ministry leader. All right, Zach, you uh, you had you had a topic you wanted to hit. Like I'm you, a little hot this us. morning. We're recording this in the morning. We typically record in the afternoons. I was almost late because <laughs> uh, it's school drop-off season. Karen had a meeting. I had to do double drop-off for both boys this morning, and I was almost sideswiped by a GMC terrain because she decided that we were not going to zipper. We were going <laughs> to disobey all the etiquette of driver's school, and we were just going to zip on ahead because her life was more important than the rest of our lives. And so I, I would like to discuss the etiquette of driving. I know some of our folks enjoy the podcast while they're out on the road. And so not to stoke the road rage, but I need the counsel, the wisdom of this room to talk me down because I know who it was. And I think through calling the school office, I could figure it out. So oh Sherry. Gosh. Whoa. <laughs> Easy there, guy. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. This escalated quickly. Listen, you don't go to the same school for three years in a row and start cutting off people like you don't know it was you. Like, I don't, this is not That's this is true. not the interstate. I know who you are. Yeah. Yeah. Sherry, if you're listening, <laughs> you we need to get on the zipper train here. So I, Zach, I this would green Subaru is coming for you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Sherry's definitely should, not uh, giving us a good rating and review. That's for sure. No, she's not. She's not unless she learns something. So Zach, I would love for you to explain the zipper. Okay. Uh, people may not know. People may be in a less, less trafficked okay. area. They may okay. be, they may be from, the shady 580. The rock, they just, it's just the courtesy. Like, like traffic is a courtesy, not an etiquette. That's okay. That's a conversation. I think some people grow up and like you just drive with courtesy and not with etiquette. There are rules. Nathan, referee this. There's rules to the merge, right? Like whether you there zip are. or whatever, it's left over right every time. You don't go two one two one. Like even if you felt like you had the right of way, it's it's left over right. Am I right, Nathan? In, referee in, it? in a merge situation, I would say so. I believe this is a made up stat for the day, founded oh, yeah. in some <laughs> some basis of probable probable truth. Uh, so I think something like thirty two states have a, a law where you're supposed to zipper in and merge, and so thirty two landlocked states. Yeah, but I think you are supposed to like you know you're supposed to let one car in in front of you. And then the car that's behind you next gets in behind you. And so it's supposed to be one after the other and you just zipper in like you're supposed to. According to other stats that I think is true, 
I think that's supposed to be 33% faster according to the DOT Love if it. you actually zipper in. Because think about it. Okay, y'all, are, I'm, I'm real passionate about this living in wow. Nashville. Yeah. Traffic yeah, like patterns are He's awful. Coffee. The awful here, but, th- of the day. but think about it. Like, so if ever you, you always see this, right? You're coming up to a construction zone, the left lane's closed, everybody gets in that right lane, they pile up for like two miles down the interstate, right. nobody's in the left lane. You're supposed right. to run up, not run into the cones, but be cautious. Know it's coming, but run parallel with each other until you get to the cones, and then you're supposed to merge in and zipper, right? So what happens if everybody takes if you're in one long line of traffic that's like two miles long, if everybody takes a second or two seconds to realize the car in front of them has started moving, you just you just increase the time it takes to get through there because one car goes and you've wasted two seconds and the second car goes. Now you've wasted, you know, four seconds. The next car goes. Now there's six seconds. It doesn't take long to get to 10, 15, 20 minutes of wasted time because everybody's just moving slowly down the interstate instead of getting up there and zippering together. Right. So what do you think about the, the 18 wheeler driver that pull, like that takes up both lanes so that people have, can't I have speed down the, the, the side? Yeah, I have almost bought a CB just to talk to these guys, but I know that's probably not right. <laughs> just radioing in. Uh, I think uh, uh, ten four. Not today, big dog. Not today. You, yeah, if you drive an eighteen wheeler, I'm sorry, uh, but I think they should get a ticket for reckless driving because that is not appropriate to park your eighteen wheeler in the middle of an interstate to keep people from doing this, oh which God. in fact is against the law. Whenever they should be zippering in, but that may be harsh. But that's what I think because if they got a ticket for reckless driving, then they wouldn't be doing that anymore. Amazing. I just so, got the, I got the picture of your Mustang with one of those big like twelve foot whippy CB antennas. It's just yeah <laughs> on the back. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's Burt. It'd be Burt Reynolds. Like that's the uh, would be. Yeah, uh, Nathan without the hair, Smokey oh. <laughs> without the hair, <laughs> Smokey and the Bandit. It'd be version two. Uh, I have honked my horn a few times. Some people when. People are in the middle lane blocking people because it's not right. The, the people so, that get me on the road are the people that are trying to be kind. Have you ever experienced this? They're too where, kind. Yeah, yeah. Where you're at like the four lane stop and it's obviously their turn. Oh, and yes. then they'll give you the like wave. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no, no, it does not work that way. Right. Like mm-hmm. you are <laughs> causing a problem and you're going to cause a wreck. Because you're trying to be kind. Yeah, you're just making the guy behind you now really mad and then not zipper in later in his drive when he's supposed to because he's mad that the guy didn't go in front of him at the four-way stop. Mm. Nope. I do so, think – oh, go ahead, man. No, I was going to say I, th- I think this is a true statement that producer Nathan is the only one of the four of us who has heard this announcement. Nathan Howard, your shower is ready <laughs> at the truck stop. True or not? That's you, probably true. You, you I have take heard it, that. Take well, it, the truck. it was a number. Yeah. So this this definitely needs some explanation. Yeah. Why are you that, bathing at the loves, man? So okay. God, how rushed are you, my guy? Like you had no, time. No, <laughs> nothing like that. Nothing like that. Ben's laughing so hard because he knows how funny this story is. But uh, so years ago, I had some extra vacation. Now, way bef- long before life. Way You're taking vacation to do this? I was, I, was, I was working. the best. Truck gets, stop vacation, my man. Oh, man. Uh, I was working for the YMCA and I had like. Those thimbles aren't going to collect and, themselves, you know. <laughs> I didn't even know they had those. But anyway. 
<laughs> oh man, I was working for the Y, but had some extra vacation time. My cousin was an over the road truck driver, and he'd been begging me to go on the road with him, ride along, and do a ride along with him for like okay, a week. Okay. And so finally, I was like, all right. I'm, I mean, otherwise, I'd just be sitting around the house because it was too late to plan anything or actually go do anything. I was like, all right, you know what? I'll do this. So I took my vacation time and did a ride along with him. So I got to experience truck top truck truck stop food and showers in truck stops and them calling your numbers and all of those kind of things. It was a very eye-opening experience. It one that should never be repeated and would is highly not recommended. So. What you told me about it is that you feel like you lost years of your life because <laughs> of how unhealthy the situation yeah, is. Yeah, you just you just sit there for hours on end and then you're eating truck stop food, which is just <laughs> greasy. Like my body felt like I'd been it'd been destroyed for like months. Like I just had grease running through my veins, right? Even I think at the end of the week I even ordered a salad and I felt like they just poured hamburger grease on the salad <laughs> and the dressing. Uh and it didn't help that my cousin at the time uh, smoked like four or five packs a day. So that secondhand smoke did not help either. So <laughs> you got the full you know, immersive between, experience between that. Yeah. And he loved it. He loved to do his runs at night, which is nice because not as much traffic. But I was trying to be a good, you know, friend and cousin and stay up with him. So like between all the Red Bulls and caffeine and the weird sleeping schedule and grease and uh, the achy kidneys. Gosh, yeah. Yeah. It just it was. Yeah. I feel like it took years off my life. But I mean, it was a I mean, we had fun. Fun, I guess. Say, <laughs> maybe not. I don't know. It was good to spend time with him, and uh, you know. But other than that, it was, it was an experience. You learn. I learned all kinds of stuff about trucking. It surprisingly, so it, it helped me with learning some trucking etiquette. A lot of truck drivers, whenever you put your blinker on, if they're in behind you, they'll flash their light saying "Come on." And so that's something I do now. Like if trucks want to get over, because I learned how hard it is for trucks to get over. Because so many people just are like, "No, I'm not getting slowed down behind him," and just how much it makes their life tough. So I try to be kind, and if I've got, you know, if I've got space, and I'll just pull off the throttle a little bit and let them merge over if they're trying to pass somebody or something. But you know, so there, I learned something out of it. Did uh, did any of you ever have a CB in your car, like in high school or college? My dad did in his car. Okay. It was also, so, no, man, I don't think any of y'all know this one. Fun fact, my first car, so well, I was not allowed to buy a car until I turned 18. And so my first car was the one that they had to give me, which is my dad's old sales car, which is a white 92 Crown Victoria. That And he did all these sales calls in it, so he had a CB antenna on it. So people thought I was an undercover cop car and would always <laughs> slow down. And then you see this little, like, barely five foot, I guess I was maybe five foot eight by then, like, kid that looked like, you know, driving by in, like, this undercover cop car. I got some really weird looks, but people kind of got out of my way. Nathan, I still think you're an undercover cop. <laughs> he's got he's gone deep state on our team. Somebody on our Lifeway students team has not like there there's something he's looking for. So I don't know who it is, but he's gonna stick around until he figures it out. <laughs> <laughs> just under just undercover all the time. I had a CB in high uh, towards the end of high school, a couple years in college. Chris and I would be on dates. We'd we'd get calls come through the CB because we had like several friends that all had them together. Cause it's one of those things that's like, it's not fun unless you know, like unless there's community around it. Yeah, for sure. You can't just get the CB and say, Hey, I'm just going to be out here. Breaker one nine to all yeah. the random people. Like you've got to have, <laughs> you've got to have, got to have your people around it. Amazing. There is a lot of science to it. There are certain antennas. The number of feet of cable that you have matters for the clarity of 
of the CB. There's a whole, there's a whole CB subculture out there. It's interesting how like with every technology, there seems to be like this etiquette to it and like how it's used and all these kind of things. Uh, so I'd like to fast forward us 50 years from the CB <laughs> to the FaceTime. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Etiquette of like FaceTime <laughs> is just the aggressive. I, I hold on. I think I know your goal. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, can you just send <laughs> this someone is the best a FaceTime? Way to make Chad upset. If you know Chad have his cell phone, please do this. <laughs> no, don't. <laughs> please do this. <laughs> to just like randomly FaceTime someone without like, I feel like that that's a warning, right? Like, there's literal be- no pretext. Like, literal, literal no pretext before you FaceTime is one of the most aggressive things that you can do, and I love it. I love it so much. See, to so I our think generation. This is, no, that's what I was just gonna say. Yeah. I think this is a generational thing because, like, my daughter who's fourteen only facetimes with her friends oh, she like, lives on it okay there's not a let's call and just do an audio conversation if they're going to do that they just text each other so if you're going to talk it's facetime and i've noticed this too like walking around places where there are gatherings of people more and more i'm seeing people on facetime talking yeah and this isn't like in places where you're like, hey, I'm at this really cool place. Look at this. I wanted to show it to you. Like this is normal. Just I'm normal almost like background noise, right? Store. Like just like it's like having them in the room. Like they're just here with you. Like it's not. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It's not yep. tourism. It's just or it's like I'm watching TV. You're watching TV. We're both on FaceTime. But you're probably watching two different shows. Sure. It's just hanging no. out. It's, 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 yeah. It's the hangout. It's just two different out. shows. Yep. Same show. Like it is. We are. We're here and we're just hanging out with each other on this screen. For them to feel that, then you call one of them. Just make a regular phone call and they'll feel what you feel, Chad, whenever. That's right. <laughs> whenever someone FaceTimes you. That's like, how oh, you I'm in trouble. Them. Yeah, this yeah. is so yeah. formal. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, my gosh. Why would anyone ever call me? It's a job interview. What's about to happen? Yeah. Okay. So. <laughs> <laughs> What is what is your ranking of preferred communication? Personal? Yeah, like like the way I want to receive messages or like the order of like urgency and messaging. Well, I don't know, break it down for me. Like what what do you see each one of them for? Like who do you expect each one of them, you know what I mean, from? I don't like unex- I, I I'm I'm I guess either young-minded enough or whatever. I don't like uh uh like phone calls that I don't know are coming. I actually would prefer the FaceTime thing because it's funny. It's performance. Like a phone call feels like, <laughs> oh no, that meeting didn't go well. Or, or it's you feel like, like you're hey, in trouble. I mean, yeah, like I'm like, oh no. Like, like, or if it's, <laughs> I mean, if if it's like, hey, I'm expecting, like, you know, if you know, if Chad calls in the morning, like that's become like customary. Or if like one of us calls before or after like a large meeting because it's like fun to debrief. But even then, like it's more probably fun to zoom or face like texting is the like go to like just communication, right? Like a call feels like officing or work, uh, you know, I, the, the FaceTime thing. And that's just fun performance. Cause it is like silly. Like, where are you? Like, that's why the new like be me app, uh, uh, or the be real app where it's like, it hits you the alert to take a front facing photo in that moment or whatever. Like I totally get it. Cause it's just one of those ways to push back on like, know what are you doing where are you kind of thing but i understand it might be offensive to some so it's the formality like you uh, a regular phone call feels really formal 
unless it's like someone I have grown to expect or it was like, hey, let's, you know, hash it out. I just, it's one of those, like, if someone's like cold calling me, I assume they're trying to sell something or it's like not a call I want to take. Like I literally just stepped away because there's this number from Oklahoma that calls that I've been trying to like figure out who it is. And of course it was someone's sales. Like, it's like, of course it was, (laughs) of course it was. Show me your face if you're real. Yeah. What about you? Like, is that... No, so I'm, I, I prefer the call. The call is my like number one preferred, like, thanks dad. I think like form. (laughs) Um, I, I, well, I'd say that like anything quick, I obviously prefer the text. I text a lot, but like, if I'm going to talk to someone, if it's going to be more than like two or three like back and forth text just call me because then it's so much faster in my opinion uh and i don't know it just feels more personal i you know you you get to have a conversation it may go different directions like text it's just like here's the information we're gonna pass it back and forth yeah um facetime that that's that feels weird. That feels like that should only be <laughs> like I'm calling my parents to let them see their granddaughter kind of deal. <laughs> no, here she is. She's right here. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you FaceTime me. I'm like, you better be, sh- you got to be showing me something, <laughs> like, right? What like, you, what do you got? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I just want to see your face. Yeah, performance. <laughs> what does that even mean, Zach? You said it was performance. <laughs> it's a chance to be. So if fun. I FaceTime you as a show, I don't know. We're on video right now talking to each other, laughing. It's pretty fun. Yeah. He's going to bring out a cane and a top hat and start dancing oh, around. Dude, if you FaceTime me and I always had a puppet on the ready, don't tell me you wouldn't FaceTime me all the time. No, because then we would immediately <laughs> not be friends anymore. <laughs> if you FaceTime and someone's got a ventriloquist doll ready to go. No, that's 100% getting brought up in the Dateline documentary. <laughs> we, that's what Nathan's a policeman for. He's investigating. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Why does this guy have a puppet every time you FaceTime me? <laughs> that's not right. This is a, It's an interesting conversation because uh, people and generationally prefer much different communication for yeah. different things. Like... Mm-hmm. Hearing Zach say, man, when my when I get a phone call, I'm like kind of a little nervous, nervous. about it or wondering what it's going to be about. Like I like for me and specifically in a work environment, if if I feel like, man, we're getting to a place where tone or misunderstanding could happen from the written word. That's when I'm like, man, I just need to call to make sure that this is not read in a way that I didn't mean it to be read. And so I'll, I will often call if that, if I feel like it's heading that way or might be taken that way. But like for Zach, I'm, I, I have learned like maybe I need to send a quick text. Hey, I'm going to call you, but everything's okay. <laughs> no, but truly like, because here's where my mind goes. I, I know you well enough that if you call with no pre like, like warning, hey, we're going to have a meeting. I'm like, something got read wrong. I wrote an email that was, <laughs> was poorly received and we're about to do some corrective work. <laughs> and I was like, I take it back. I take it back. <laughs> Wow. 
Zach's yeah. over here FaceTiming me going, hey, Ben's calling. Ben's Should calling I answer? I <laughs> yeah. Ben's calling. What do I do? <laughs> this is a, I think this is a really important conversation, though, as we talk of like communication, because yeah. every, every student pastor has somebody that they report to. Mm-hmm. And probably multiple people, right? Like if you're in a if you're in a church that has more than a couple of staff members, you might report directly to a minister of education, an executive pastor, a next gen pastor, whatever. But then there's also the senior pastor that you need to have relationship with. They're probably going to want to receive communication a different way. And man, if they like if they don't like a FaceTime, and you're in a generation that just wants like FaceTime and your pastor just out of nowhere, probably not a good idea. Yeah. Dan is not thrilled. <laughs> <laughs> no, like we had, uh, when I was a middle school pastor at a church in Alabama, we had one of our interns slash like worship guys was awesome, but he just had no filter and he would just dial the direct <laughs> extension for our pastor's office. Like, all the time <laughs> he was like extension whatever it was three one three is like hey buddy you in there just cutting like, ahead oh. of the merge just cutting yeah. it <laughs> cut ahead of the merge you can't yeah. do that but here's what i do know that if you learn to communicate and nathan we've done student ministry that matters videos on on this mm-hmm. particular talk but if you learn to communicate not in your preferred style but to the preferred style of your leader then that's going to take you a long way in earning trust, in earning respect of that person, in earning relationship. And I would say the th- same thing is true the other way around. When you lead volunteers, a little customization in how yep. you communicate to yep. those individuals is really, really important. It, it, communication is not a one size fits all. The guys, we had a, a preaching, uh, an event called the experience that focused on preaching. And even in that, like you're, you're preparing a message that's going to go to many people and it's going to land differently on the number of people that sit in the audience. Yeah. I, I think, I think there's, uh, there's a lot to that and there's so many little nuances to like learn, like, like even, even in like language of text, right? Like. Uh, the the letter K means something very different, you know and what I mean? Okay, like, yeah, then okay, and those kind of things. And so, like for a student, like if they they write something to you for you just to you know throw back a K of like understanding, that means something very different for you know somebody my age than it does mm-hmm. them. And so, I, how are you? Do you guys like just a just a flat okay? I don't. I feel like there's something yeah, behind. Right, like if you're having right. a conversation and mm-hmm. somebody just says okay, I'm like, is it though? And Ben's gonna yeah. call you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, are we okay? I want to make sure we're okay. Now, yeah, okay, like, a y like is different. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, so so okay is different than okay a y for you. So I actually feel like a letter K is like that's fine. It's the it's the okay or the okay a y. That's the passive aggressive like. Hmm. We'll see. Like, <laughs> yeah. This I'm, is why the telephone call is the best. Yes. I'm with Chad. I'm with yeah. Chad on that. Yeah. I prefer the efficiency of a telephone call. That's that's my thing. But I, I think then you got to give the thumbs up or you got to. My thing is always just say like, sounds good. That's my like, I'm on board. 
I'm go. with it. Everything's yeah. good to go. So I always just say sounds good a lot. I want to take a hard left turn to something. And there's no way to transition to it other than just grabbing the wheel and and switching over. God, this All is right? the abrupt FaceTime right here. <laughs> the, the, the abrupt merge. Uh-oh. Yeah. <laughs> and I think there's a connection because there is to communicate well takes a lot of work. It it takes knowing people, it takes knowing your audience, it takes knowing those who you communicate with, how they like to receive communication. It takes that takes a lot of work. So what I want to, I want to shift to is a short productivity conversation. Okay. Because I think there's, there are a lot of people, I know this is a big deal because there are like, if you search productivity apps on your phone, there are millions of options. Yes. People write books on productivity. Like it is a, it is a multi-million dollar area of people desiring to be more productive for themselves. I think communication is part of that, but what are like your productivity hacks, the things that you have found for you that work really, really well. Chad, is this your moment to share brain dumping? Yeah. So that's one that I do. Quite a bit. Um, it's a, this is a, actually a calming technique for Chad. More than just productivity, this is like a centering. This is this is darn near spiritual practice that Chad's about to share. <laughs> oh, okay. I don't know that I've D- ever depending heard you on talk your about wiring. This. Depending yeah. on your wire, I I live it. So like all the time, I have a notebook that's just a terrifying cloud. Uh, but for Chad, this is the centering spiritual practice related to work. Yeah. So any any time I even start to feel busy. Um, I, I will do this process because if there are a lot of in student ministry, ministry in general, there there is often a lot of little bitty tasks that don't take a lot of time, but they'll just be bouncing around in your head. Right. So it's like, you know, I've got to, you know, run to the store and I got to pick up these things. I got to get back and put in the slide and all this kind of stuff. And that can for me, that can start to feel like overwhelming really when it's not at all. Right. It's just like, I've got to do these few things. Um, and so what the brain dump is, is you, you sit down, you grab a journal, a piece of paper, and you begin to make an absolutely exhaustive list, like checkbox list of these are all the things that I have to get done. Um, and even if it's like, I'm not going to get it done today, but this is on my list of things that I got to get done. And so you're just putting it out onto paper. You're getting it out of your head. And then from that point, once you get to the end of that list where you're like there, I cannot think of another thing that I have to get done. Um, then you get to go, okay, these are the things that I'm going to get done in this order. And I'm going to do it like this. And you just start to map it out. And build your um, to-do list from the cloud of dump as opposed to just starting with a to-do list that could be yeah. endless. Because then you're not, then you're not like at, because we've all made the to-do list. And if it's still rattling around in your head, there'll be other things that you're like, oh, I need to do that too. And you'll like throw it on there and it continues to keep it in your mind of feeling like there's more, there's more, there's more. When in all reality, I think a lot of times when we feel busy or we feel stressed, it's really just because 
we haven't laid out the plan. Like Zach and I have talked about this a lot that like, um, we have really so much more capacity to get more things done and to do more. If we're willing to really like plan it out, plot it out and give yourself window of time. Um, I think when it comes to like things like big events, like camps and those kind of things, I think the reason we feel overly stressed is because all the to-do lists are bouncing around in our head and this big giant list that's going to take, yeah, that's going to take a month to do instead of really going, okay, Hey, like, no, I'm going to plot this out. I'm going to figure this out. And now it's Tuesday and I just need to do these four things. But, but I think a lot of times we, it's this exhaustive list that's never done. And then we don't know when to stop. And so that would be another thing that, that I've learned and I'm sometimes better at this than others. Um, I like to tend to build my list in the morning, but there's a lot of like people that really talk about one of the best things to do is to build your to-do list for the next day at the end of the day. Yeah. And so yeah. that is your like final thing that you do. Um, and that gives you a hard stop for the day always. So it's like, mm. I've completed my task list for the day. I make my list for tomorrow. And then it allows you to walk into like family time or even time in bed without the like big worry of like, okay, well, what have I, what have I got to get done tomorrow? Because it's already planned. I'm doing, you know, these five things tomorrow. That's just what's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, I and, like that. The book ends mm-hmm. of that. Yeah. The, the morning and evening parentheses around the day that sets up the next day. You know, you mentioned there are a lot of, and I, I do want to, I want to get to other productivity hacks that you got because they're different personality. People diff, use this differently, but Chad, you talked about like the never ending to-do list. And I do think there is this frustration that, that pastors have, that youth pastors have that like, how do I get all of this done. Like the work of ministry is never done. Right. And that's true. There are good, there are always going to be people to care for calls to make texts to send lists to, to work through. And I think that frustration is, is real that they're like, how am I supposed to get through this mountain of stuff? And it leads to the unhealthy view. I had it at one point in my life is that when you're a pastor, your work hours are 24 hours a day. And and so that frustration that I've got so much to do, and then we place this calling that is a great calling, we put it in this place, well, since it's a calling and since God asked me to do it, I can never turn off the job of being a youth pastor. Mm -hmm. And I think that leads to some really unhealthy practices. Mm Like being always available or always on, mm-hmm. and that violates all the things about like rhythm and Sabbath and <laughs> rightly attributing it being God's work and not your work or effort. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's the spiritual conundrum when we take that point of view is um, there is wisdom in recognizing that you can't get it all done. And then I think the way to live out of that is to do the really important work of identifying what's most important to do in each day, week, season. And I think that's a measure of a certain kind of faithfulness. Like there's also, you know, things to delegate, things to delete that aren't necessarily that important. They just feel important. 
Um, but I think one of the growing things that we would encourage every youth minister at any le level or age is to really identify and spend some time working on how they work, whether that's through creating a system or a rhythm or a practice, because it's really easy and actually quite terrifying how uh, uh, convicting it can feel that we need to get everything done. Hmm. One of the, one of the practices that I'm trying to learn a little bit more, and it, this is pretty new for me, probably over the last six months, and I I'm not good at it yet, um, but is uh, email management. I I feel like if there's one like high school or college class that I think needs to start being taught, it is email management. Because that is that is a tool that everybody uses now, but it's really never taught, right? Like mm -hmm. for years and years, I've just always just had an inbox and like it just sits there and you got to go find emails or you search for it and those kind of things. There are people online that have really created great ways to like utilize and use email that can become much more like effective of like creating folders specifically with like people on your team that like you communicate with a lot or if you have like certain projects that you're working on and so like for for youth pastors you could create a folder that is you know summer camp 2023 uh you know disciple now 2022 all of those kind of things and then every time you get an email instead of it just sitting in that inbox you can begin to sort it into those places as you open it. And then you can always go back to there. The, the simple process that I've just started to use is not so much the, the folders. I need to get better on the folders, but just simply using the archive. Your archive emails are always there. Um, once you've opened an email, you can send it over to archive. It's just going to be like your big inbox has always been. But then the things in your inbox are the Matter. like urgent. I need to get these done mm -hmm. before they get sent into the archive. And those are simple ways to like just stay organized with something like email that so many emails can get lost if you're not careful. Yep. Producer Nathan, what about you? I have a couple of different things I do. Um, I'm, I'm, I use the just the simple note notepad note app on my phone, kind of as my running to do list. I think I'm going to kind of start doing what you're talking about, Chad. Though I like that idea. Um, one of the things I've forced myself to do is it comes from the SOU principle of like eat the big frog first. But for me, it's I I try to do the first thing. Well, after I kind of like. I usually start with like emails, get the quick ones out of the way. If it's something like, oh, it's going to need work later, then I'll, I'll leave those unread for like the day. Like I'll read it and then I'll mark it as unread so I know to come back to it kind of a deal. But then I'll do the thing that I don't want to do the most the first thing kind of after that. The thing that either I'm dreading or I'm like, oh, man, I just or maybe I don't know how to find, you know, this piece of it, but I just need to sit down and do it. So I'll use that. Um, so that's one of the things I do. Uh, and then another thing I've, I've kind of learned a little bit lately is if I have the ability and I've got the time. So like if I'm working on something, I'm really like in the groove and I'm like, man, I'm, I'm this is going well, then I'll try to work longer on that. So an example on that may be like a bunch of like video editing. Like if I'm really in the groove on editing videos. Like, man, I'm just I'm crushing it today. Like I'm I'm feeling this, you know, like everything's going well, then I'll continue to try to if I can edit even further than maybe 
I may, I may have been just planning to be like, oh, I'm going to get this one month's video done. But I'm like, I'm really kind of like, man, I've got the energy. Like, this is really going good today. Like, Brandon Headspace is there. I'm going to keep working. And I know I don't have something else pressing right after it. I'm going to keep working on that to kind of utilize that, you know, kind of where I'm at, you know, kind of that, like, I guess, feeling yeah. or productivity piece of it. So that's something that those are a couple of things that I kind of try to do. That's an interesting uh, to keep pouring into something that seems to be going really well. I forget which book I read it from, which I'm terrible about, but uh, there was a principle that in, in one of these kinds of books that I read. And the point was, if you have a project to work on or something like head down focused writing or some creative outlet that, that you have to work on mm -hmm. that scheduling less than 90 minutes is, is not effective. Yeah, that yeah, you yeah. because it takes time for your brain to spin up and get into the zone of managing that project or doing that detail work or getting in the creative space. And then it, the same thing is true on the on the back end is that it you need enough time to be in that optimal work zone mm -hmm. in order to actually do a thing. And so I have uh, I have my, my assistant blocks out uh, protected time for me. And it, it might be one of the things that frustrate you guys when you, when you look for <laughs> meetings and things, but I, but because we of book that, you for a I meeting have, and you're like, I can't, or like we book you and like, you can, yeah, it's just hard to know. It just says busy. It just says he's busy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I have those like times blocked out that way so that I can review reports that I need to review so that I know what's going on or so that I can do content development kind of work or write that article or things like that. Like, and that 90 minute rule has kind of been something that, uh, has been effective for me. And I've, I've seen it be true. Cause you're always going to be coming from something else. You're going to mm -hmm. be, you're going to have to kind of detox from whatever just happened. Uh, and you're going to have to get into the right mind space to be able to, to be able to really work. Yeah. Very few people can just turn it on and say, okay, I am doing this important task right this second. I really believe in, I mean, when, when it comes to time, understanding like your best windows for work. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like I know for myself, I can run unbelievably hard from eight until two 30 in the afternoon. Like I can almost just like flat work from th those two time periods and be good. There's something about like two thirty, three o'clock for me in the afternoon that I'm starting to like, bah, whatever. Uh, and I found like, if I put like meetings in that la latter half of the day, that works really well for me than trying to like just self motivate and like push into, to like more things or writing or whatever I'm having to do. Um, and so that's always been, really beneficial for me as far as like those tasks and getting those done more in the morning time than the late afternoon. Yeah. There was a good friend of mine that used to work at Lifeway. Um, does not anymore. He would be able to get, he would get there early. This is when we met at the office, when we, when we had offices and he would get there by like six 30 in the morning and he would just work like crazy. He was able to accomplish so much until like we got back from lunch and then it was 
walking around the office talking to everybody like <laughs> after lunch it was like the complete opposite like i'm probably not going to accomplish a whole lot today but it's okay yeah. because i did enough in yeah. the first 6 hours of the day that was a like a working a whole day yeah but if that works for you right i mean like specifically totally. in like ministry stuff right like you've got you're not trying to like punch the clock and, and especially on like days that you're like, well, I'm going to game tonight and those kind of things. I think it's really important for ministers. And I think where the breakdown of this happens is when we're not really honest with ourselves. Mm-hmm. I think that we try to justify days that we're lazy that, you know, Oh, well, I had a lot going on or couldn't get focused or those kind of things. Or days that it's like, no, 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 hold on, buddy. Like your spouse needs to see you. You need to still have some like, you know, energy in the tank to like play with your kids and not be a jerk to everyone. And and I think that we've got to figure that out for ourselves and realize that if we're just all of these things batting around in our head of not knowing where to go and what to do, and we're just you know, dragging ourselves through the day, or we're continuing to like procrastinate and put things off and put things off until, you know, two weeks before camp. And then we're trying to do them all. Yeah. We're going to feel stressed. We're going to feel burned out. And this job's going to feel much harder than it actually is. If we just get organized and we realize there are a lot of hours in every day. And when we start to do bite-sized things, in a longer period of time and not just like take all of October off, then we're going to feel that we're, we're much more productive and it's going to feel much more manageable. Yeah. This is an important, it's an important topic and I'm glad we got there today because I do think that this, this topic is a lid for many people in ministry that never figure this out. And so the amount of things that, that are accomplished are less or the emotional toll that this takes on you from not managing it well also becomes a lid. So it, it can attack you from two different places that get you to a really unhealthy place. And ministry just is one of those things that the work is never done. They're always going to be things that be, that are carried over to the next day. And that's okay. Like that, it, it's not a, a statement of I'm, I don't work well, or I I'm not fulfilling my calling. If I don't finish everything that needs to be done today, because the reality is there are things in ministry that happen that require you to stop what you're doing sometimes to stop everything that you're doing and devote time to something else, to someone else. And you're going to have to do things the next day. Chad has repeatedly gone back to in this conversation, like the, the relationships outside of work, the spouse, the kids, if that's your context and that's, that's the, the life that you have right now, like they, they don't need leftovers. They need devoted yep. time as well. And so how you manage and how you develop a system that works well for you can really help you be the best in all of the areas that where that is required from you. Hey, this has been another episode of the Student Ministry Podcast by LifeWay. We'll see you next time, everybody.